Multiple Myeloma Hub Podcasts, brought to you by Scientific Education Support. Hello and welcome to the Multiple Myeloma Hub Podcast. Today we'll be hearing from Mark Braunstein from LYU Langone Health, New York, US, and Mohamed Moti of the Hôpital Saint-Antoine and the Sorbonne University. So, uh, Mark, it's a true pleasure being with you today. And I thought uh, that uh, part of the ASH 2020 virtual meeting, uh, we had some very nice uh, uh, long-term follow-up data about uh, autotransplant, the FORTI trial, the EMN trial, but also the IFM 2009 trial. And to make a long story short, I believe that based on these results, especially the long-term overall survival advantage seen with uh, uh, the EMN trial, uh, autotransplant is here to stay. And in my opinion, whenever possible, should not be delayed. So I wonder, uh, what do you think? Do you share the same conclusion? I do. You know, I think we have the, uh, first of all, thank you. I agree. It's, it's a privilege to, to speak with you this morning. And, and um, thank you to the Myeloma Hub for, for coordinating this. Uh, I agree. It is, uh, it is a, a exciting time in the field when we can debate the role of transplant because we have all these effective agents for, for induction. But I think the data from the EMN study is very encouraging that it was read out to the point where we can see a slight uh, benefit of uh, overall survival with the transplant arm. Um, I think there were, as you mentioned, several exciting studies this year for uh, looking at the role of transplant versus just conventional treatment consolidation. And I think all the studies uh, conclude that there is a progression-free survival benefit and even a, a benefit in terms of minimal residual disease negativity, which is, as we both know, kind of a surrogate marker for overall survival. So I think that all these studies combined strongly advocate for the role of, of uh, upfront uh, transplant for consolidation after induction. Which regimen you use for upfront induction is debatable as well, but um, I still think that they support the role of transplant. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think we are on the same line. And to be fair and balanced, in our IFM 2009 study, actually, we didn't see, despite the long-term follow-up, an overall survival advantage in contrast to the EMN study. And I think that can be explained by the prior induction regimen used in the IFM uh, VRD was used, bortezomib, lenalidomide, dexamethasone, whereas in the uh, EMN trial, I think it was sort of a weaker regimen, uh, an alkylating regimen, uh, an alkylating agent-based regimen, VCD and uh, VMP. Uh, nevertheless, I think uh, what we've seen in the IFM 2009 trial is the really high rate of deep MRD negativity and as you uh, nicely mentioned, uh, this is a clear surrogate marker of long-term follow-up. Also, we should not neglect, and uh, this is important to the patient, that in the IFM 2009 trial, those who were in the non-transplant arm were able to receive a salvage transplant at time of relapse. And this is roughly 70% of these patients. Uh, but uh, I, I, I think if we uh, 
both agree on the importance of uh, PFS and the value of transplant frontline, uh, my feeling is that the field will continue uh, moving forward thanks to the introduction of these quadruplet induction regimen. And actually, it's a double-edged sword because I was, for instance, very impressed with the data of the Griffin II trial published in blood, updated during ASH, showing up to 70% of MRD negativity. And then I'm sure there will be a colleague saying, oh, but if you have such a high level of MRD negativity, why don't you postpone transplant? So it's a sort of, a, we will uh, uh, permanently, I think, ask a question about the value of transplant. Although I personally believe that the question is more about how can we combine the novel drugs and the high-dose malphalan, the high-dose chemotherapy to further optimize the outcome of these patients uh, because I think over the long term, and we see this now in these trials, I believe we are more and more able to functionally cure maybe one third of these patients. And this percentage is likely to increase. I wonder whether you're seeing the same trends in your practice. Yeah, I, I think we all share a common goal, which is to extend survival of our patients. And the debate is really how to get to that goal. And so uh, with more and more novel agents uh, being uh, developed for relapse refractory disease and then coming into the first line, like the monoclonal antibodies, we are seeing uh, you know, improved survival with or without transplant. But I think the, the role of transplant is still important because we know that the uh, disease evolves over time and the durations of remission get shorter. And also our patients may become uh, sicker over time and have more comorbidities developed as a result of treatment. And so I think part of the sense in the field is that the earlier you initiate stem cell transplant, the more fit your patient may be and the more benefit you may have before you introduce additional agents. I think the other uh, interesting thing is that uh, the three studies you mentioned were slightly different in terms of their subsequent therapy after transplant. And they, some include an additional randomization to maintenance. So I think when we talk about the whole package from induction to transplant and after, I think we have to include the, the maintenance and <clears throat> how long we deliver that. Because in the IFM study, in a fascinating way, it was only given for 13 months, um, whereas other studies um, nowadays often give it until uh, progression, like the corresponding determination study uh, that's looking at the same regimen as the IFM, but until progression. So I think we have to include the role of maintenance if we're going to deliver you know, upfront therapy followed by consolidation with transplant. Yeah, I mean, th this is really interesting because actually uh, in the 90s uh, and uh, early 2000s, it was high-dose chemotherapy and wait and watch. <laughs> but now we know very well that the post-transplant uh, uh, compartments or packages are extremely important, especially consolidation and maintenance. I'll come back to consolidation, but I think your point is very well taken about the maintenance. In the IFM 2009, uh, for reason that, for the sake of time, I will not go into the details, the uh, maintenance treatment with lenalidomide has been given for relatively short duration, in contrast to the label of lenalidomide being uh, 
given until progression in the maintenance. However, I think one of the major take-home messages for me was from the 40 trial, which could show that a double, a doublet actually maintenance with carfizumib and lenalidomide is superior to a single agent. And this is for me a brand new information uh, because uh, I have rarely seen in a controlled fashion uh, the investigation of a, a doublet uh, maintenance regimen. And I believe this will uh, be practice changing at some point, especially that there are some ongoing trials, for instance, looking into daratumumab and denalidomide maintenance, the origa or uh, trial ongoing. But definitely also combining a proteasome inhibitor like exazumib and lenalidomide can be of value, carfizumib, lenalidomide. So definitely the maintenance uh, value is uh, very important and needs to be taken into account. The consolidation issue, uh, I think, has been quite controversial. Also, the EMN data uh, showing that two cycles of consolidation post-OTO are extremely useful. I do acknowledge the stamina uh, data trial published in JCO a couple of years ago didn't show this advantage. But as we all know, the devil is always in the details. And in the Stamina trial, they didn't control for the pre-transplant uh, uh, treatments. Whereas here in the EMN trial, you have a sort of a full package from diagnosis uh, until uh, end of maintenance. I don't know, are you using consolidation in your practice? You know, it's an interesting question, especially when you have a patient who either didn't achieve uh, you know, stringent CR prior to the transplant or still has residual disease, call it you know, uh, 5% plasma cells or MRD positivity after transplant. The question always becomes, do you consolidate them further with a triplet regimen that they got with induction or do you go right to maintenance? And for patients who do have uh, residual disease, I do tend to consolidate with two additional cycles of their induction regimen, um, but I think that probably varies from practice to practice. Um, and um, I agree, I think that the data from uh, Forte and the data from the EMN study do kind of support both um, consolidation as well with, with uh, after transplant as well as the role of a, a two agent uh, maintenance like they did in the Forte study. And I think even in the uh, Griffin and in the Cassiopeia study, they were also looking at uh, doublet maintenance. Uh, we, uh, although in the Griffin study, they did not randomize the patients to either daratumumab and lenalidomide versus lenalidomide alone. If you received the daratumumab up front, you stayed in that group for maintenance whereas the Cassiopeia did randomize patients for a second randomization after transplant. So I think the stamina study, as you said, did not offer a compelling reason to consolidate or, or even to do a, a you know, tandem transplant. But I, I agree, they are separate studies. And I think that uh, while we can debate the role of consolidation, I do think that, that maintenance is critical. And we are involved in the Origa study. And you know, I think that you know, we have all these new agents that are fairly well tolerated and can be considered as part of a maintenance regimen, like uh, daratumumab or like carfizumab. And so I think there's going to be a lot of um, research that will you know, shed light on what the most ideal maintenance regimen is. But 
I think at some point it becomes a question of whether we're giving maintenance now or just you know continuous therapy uh, with you know their induction regimen until progression. Yeah, well, I, I, I think we are absolutely in agreement. It's about it's a full treatment package, and the goal, in my uh, opinion, is to combine the best tools we have to further improve the outcome of these patients. And it's likely that we are definitely improving progressively through improving the induction regimen thanks to the uh, anti-CD38 based quadruplet inductions. We are improving uh, the post malphalan thanks to consolidation, thanks to maintenance, but thanks also to refinement of the maintenance uh, approaches. That is really, really very exciting. And I'm uh, very glad that we had this discussion. I agree, I agree. And, and, and it, it's extremely uh, gratifying to see these results. And you know, I think in addition to the goal of wanting to prolong survival, I think the other goal we have in, in field is, is to balance the risks and the benefits of treatment. And you know, I, think, I think some people have a concern about the risk of toxicities with transplant or maintenance. But in the IFM study, at the longer-term follow-up, they really didn't see a difference in secondary primary malignancies. Um, so I think we have a combination of the long-term safety and the efficacy to, to support uh, stem cell transplantation. Well, that's a wonderful conclusion. I have really enjoyed it and uh, wish you some very nice end-of-the-year holidays, Mark. Take care and uh, stay safe. You as well. All the best. Thank you. Multiple Myeloma Hub Podcasts, brought to you by Scientific Education Support.